Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. We'll get back to your phone calls coming up here in just a moment. And uh, Vincent Waller continuing to try to send in more hate mail. Oh, wait, we got more. We got more. Vincent Waller says, I really got under that thin skin. Nice mom's basement joke. Haven't heard that one from anyone in the history of the world. I listened to your show for the comedy of it. Suck it. That's the thing, Vincent. If you listen to me because you like me, great. If you listen to me because you hate me, even better. I appreciate you listening, and that is all that matters. That's all that matters. Vincent, I appreciate you. I really do. Your childish name-calling and all. Your mom must be proud. My mom always raised me to, if I don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. So, just like Vincent, we clearly both don't listen to our moms. Goodness gracious. I don't know why I'm so fired up today. I had had like two coffees before the show, and I'm like fired up. I don't know why. Oh, I know why. David Kendrick (laughs) says, I could feel the love. Not a whole lot of love today. All right, let's go to our next guest. We have ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz. Jason, welcome in. Do you call in because you like me, because you hate me, or because ESPN forces you to? (laughs) What's your cup of tea today? Uh, I call in because I enjoy hanging out with y'all, and you know I think that part of your your temperament is part of the charm of it. Like not like when you're happy, you're a little edgy. When you're angry, you're a little edgy. I take it either way. I like all of it. <laughs> it's like, and I live to see another day. That's all that matters, big picture. But Jason, we welcome. There's so much to get into. Let's get right. Let's open it up with college football discussion. The big talk, the big fallout here is there's anger, there's passion, um, there you know people are upset. Ohio State, Michigan, the biggest rivalry in sports. The game is officially canceled on Saturday. I'm not taking it as hard as other people just because I don't feel like Ohio State needed to beat Michigan to get to the college football playoff. Uh, I, I'm more worried about big picture them getting enough games in to be able to hold their own against some of the other teams resume-wise. What was your initial reaction when you heard this game was going to be canceled, and are you even surprised by it? I'm not that surprised in the cancellation, but there's a couple of things here. One, Let's remember that this is the Big Ten's own rule, that you got to hit six. Like, the College Football Playoff Committee has no rule or restriction on how many games have to be played. So I'm not sure why the Big Ten didn't lift that restriction. I mean, if we all believe that the only reason they're playing in the first place is trying to get Ohio State into the College Football Playoff, and rightfully so, then let's at least let them do that, right? Like, just change the rule, and through the process of changing the rule, allow them to play in this game. I, I, I don't really understand the logic on it or what they're doing. So, um, you know, realistically, I, I would have already changed the rule anyway. But aside from that, I don't share your lack of concern, frankly, uh, for where they're going to stand in the playoffs. Because we talked to Gary Barta last week on Rankings Reaction, which I do digitally with Michael Jr., and I asked him how much of a conversation is the number of games, and he said a huge portion of the conversation, that it's already been a great debate the committee so i think that there is actually some concern to be had about it and what it means 
ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz. So the amount of games. But so at this point, so okay, let's say that the Michigan game wasn't canceled. That's your sixth game of the season. You get a seventh game in. When we say, you know, lack of games, what is the, uh, what's the amount of games that needs to be played for Ohio State to check that off of that that uh, that safe list, I guess. Is it seven? Is it eight? I mean, again, no matter what, they're going to be playing three to four less games than everyone else who's battling it out for that fourth spot, that's for sure. Well, and you're a thousand percent right. That's why, I mean, to me, let me be clear. If I ha- if I was on the committee, I would have Ohio State in the playoff. I believe they're one of the four best teams. I, I, I don't think that that's really debatable. The question is, what are they going to do if Ohio State's done for the year and this is all the games they get played? You know, what are they going to do trying to compare that to a Florida team, let's say, that upsets Alabama and wins the SEC championship game? Now now you've got this weird situation where Ohio State not only hasn't played a ton of games, they haven't played a ton of great opponents. And so they have a, a limited schedule that's seen basically one formidable opponent in Indiana. You know, I think part of the reason they kept Indiana so high on the rankings, even without Penix Jr., was just to justify, hey, they played somebody. Like, you you start looking across the board for them. How do you reward, you know, a Florida or, uh, yeah, not not so much a Texas A&M, but specifically a Florida that wins the SEC somehow? How do you reward them? I don't know the answer to that. It's like a worst-case scenario for Ohio State fans if, in fact, you think that, you know, realistically, somehow Notre Dame and Clemson even their series out with another epic game, and then Florida barely wins the SEC championship. I mean, I, I do think there's a shot we could see two SEC teams versus two ACC teams. What do you make about all this college football playoff expansion talk? You know, you hear so many things on Twitter, so many rumors about, like, if in, they're going to expand, this would be the year. This would be the year to do eight teams. What do you make of that? They're not going to do it. Uh, I mean, realistically, like, I, 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 I love the conversation, but I did the mock committee in Dallas, and, you know, I asked straight up. I, at the time, it's been probably three years ago, uh, I, I went to the committee people at the time and said, why not expand? And their argument was, why expand? Part of what they love is the conversation that this generates and uh, the interest it generates in the sport. And let's also remember that 1v4 has historically been a blowout matchup. So do we really want 1v8? I mean, do we really think that at some point Alabama wouldn't absolutely crush whoever the eighth best team is in the country? I mean, I, I, that's a tough one. So the, the problem with expansion is you do it once and then you have to justify why you're not doing it every single year. I, I think they're going to have a hard time making that sales pitch realistically. So I think we're going to be at four until the money is undeniable and they have to go to eight. Jason, real quick, to go back to the the Big Ten thing real quick, of course, with the cancellation of Ohio State-Michigan this week, everyone's making a big stink about the minimum games requirement. I don't know why people are so angry about the minimum games requirement. I thought that was actually pretty smart. I don't know why people think it would be okay to have a 2-0 and team in either side of the divisions for the Big Ten in a Big Ten title game. I brought up that, man, you look at the 14 teams in the Big Ten, only 11, or not only, of the 14 teams, 11 of them at least got the six-game requirement. I hate, I hate the phrase bad luck, but... But it is really bad luck for the Big Ten that of the few teams who could not get to that six-game marker, at least as we sit right now, it just so happens to be their only national title contender in the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is the only reason it's being talked about. Otherwise, I had no issue with the minimum game requirement. Oh, you're not wrong, but that's a big but. I mean, uh, realistically, who's a better team in your mind, Ohio State or Indiana? And they have a head-to-head to prove it. So mm-hmm. what do you do now with the fact that you've got a head-to-head that proves who the better team in this matchup is, who, who's the more deserving based on what they've done on the field. It's Ohio State. And you're right. I mean, obviously, if this was a debate between Northwestern and Wisconsin, are we having it at the same level? No, we're not. A, a thousand percent. But this entire thing is about trying to get Ohio State in the playoff. And 
you know, I, I don't envy the job of the mm. committee, by the way. Nope. I, I will say the first week of the rankings, I'll, I'll never forget this. We had Tom Luganville on. We were getting his reaction. And I said, who surprised you the most? And Tom immediately said, I can't figure out why Georgia is a top ten football Ooh. team. This is after the first ranking. And the next guest I had was Greg McElroy. And I said, Mac, what, what are your thoughts on Georgia? And he said, I don't think they're high enough. They should be higher on this ranking. Those are two people that watch a lot of film <laughs> and know a lot of football. And they can't agree. So just remember that, like, the next time everybody argues about the rankings, I just remind you, could you get 13 of your friends to agree on who has the best chicken sandwich? No. So how can we expect them to agree on who the best football team are? That's a great point. And Ken and I talk about Georgia all the time and, you know, how great of a program they are and how many five-star guys they got. But they've lost twice and they've been blown out twice. At some point, we have to make winning and losing a priority in college football. You can't just be ranking teams because they're a name-brand team. But that's an argument for a whole different thing. Uh, by the way, you're right about that. Like, at what point did losses no longer matter? Like, that frustrates the heck out of me. Like, Texas A&M got blown out. Why are they still at number five? I have a real problem with it. Yeah, I have big problems with that. So what do you think the Big Ten is going to do? Are they Everything that's going on with Purdue, they're having COVID issues as well. I think the easy thing was just say, hey, Indiana, you guys are available this week. Ohio State's available this week. Here's a rematch for you, Indiana, to prove yourselves. Ohio State, here's an extra chance for you to get another game on your schedule versus another ranked opponent. You guys play on Saturday. Let's keep it pushing. What do you think they're going to do? Yep. A thousand percent. I think that right now all the conversation, you know, really interesting to me, I talked to Ryan McGee on Saturday, and one of the things he told me uh, for Countdown to Game Day was that uh, BYU has a list every week of every game that they think could be COVID-impacted and how they could get that game scheduled if they need to. So Coastal Carolina was able to happen quickly because BYU was nimble. They knew what they needed to do. Uh, that's what I believe that Ohio State's going to be doing right now with the Big Ten. They're looking at it and saying, okay, what do we need to do to get you that extra game? The Indiana situation is really a perfect storm. So I, that that's the one that makes the most sense. But I, I do believe that by this time tomorrow, the Big Ten will have scheduled another game for Ohio State, hell or high water, somehow, someway. Out of conference or conference? Conference. Uh, I wish you I mean, if, if I were the football genie, I would immediately go to your fantastic state and say, cool, let's just get this solved now with the play-in playoff game. Cincinnati, Ohio State, let's go on Saturday. That's what I would do. But, I, you know, I don't get to make the rules, and I think that would take two conferences playing nice together, mm -hmm. which we've already seen all in 2020. They just refuse to do. Ego is the downfall of man on all this stuff. Like, if they would all work together, A&M, Ohio State would be a great game that would be available. Cincinnati, Ohio State would be a great game. But I, don't, I, I have a hard time believing that they'll get that to work. Yeah, one of the main topics I thought was going to be one of our main topics today was the fact that Cincinnati actually – you know, cancel their game at Tulsa this weekend because they are having some COVID scares there, uh, ultimately playing it safe, setting up the American Conference title game two weeks from now. Um, so that would not be a you know under consideration. One game that a lot of fans wanted, you talked about Texas A&M. We keep seeing t people tweet out, lift the non-conference rule, Ohio State, Texas A&M. If I'm Ohio State, I don't play Texas A&M. I don't think they have to play anyone of significance. They just need to play anybody just to get some more games on the schedule. I wouldn't risk playing Texas A&M and risk a loss right now, especially when you're without you're basically your entire offensive line for the next two weeks. Right. I wouldn't risk that whatsoever. You are a thousand percent right. And and by the way, your clarity is a good one on Cincinnati too. That couldn't happen this weekend, but I wish it would happen at some point. Uh, but yes. A thousand percent. Like this is all about mutually beneficial, right? Like you, friends with benefits is what we're looking for. Yeah, we're not <laughs> friends with benefits, you know. And and to the that family show. To, uh, 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, no, but, but you're absolutely right. Like, there's just no – if you look at Ohio State, you say, no, like, we're good. We'll play We'll play anybody just to get that next kickoff that we can say, okay, we got we got enough games in. Why take the, the chance of playing A&M? Because the benefit for A&M is if they go out and beat Ohio State, they make the playoff committee's job much easier. What benefit is there for Ohio State? to take on that same A&M team who, again, has the one thing you're not supposed to ever have, a blowout loss. You got blown out. You shouldn't be in the playoff. Like, that's the way it's always been. So until they change that, if I'm Ohio State, I'm not touching that because A&M needs me way more than I need them. All right, Jason, we'll move on again tonight. The college football playoff revealed tonight. Uh, uh, once again, one step closer to uh, get to the final one. I don't anticipate a shakeup. I think one through four stays the same, correct? Yeah, yeah, one through four is going to stay the same. The only thing we're going to find out is, how they value all these teams that could be straight the record sort of plays. That's it. Like, we're seeing different layers out of, you know, 8 through 20 more than we're seeing anything at 1 through 6, I'd say. All right, we'll close out with the NFL. Just a couple things, and we'll move on. We appreciate you hanging out with us like you do each and every week. Uh, ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz with us here. How about Kev's? Pittsburgh Steelers last night. It was an interesting weekend for the AFC North. You have the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield finally gets that that convincing signature win that not only the Browns needed, but Baker Mayfield needed. Because the Browns could have won that game with the run game, and Baker looked average like he has in weeks past. But he literally put them on his shoulders and carried them to that win, especially in that first half. And then the Steelers lose last night. It's setting up an interesting little race to the finish line. I don't know how much uh, fight the Browns have against teams like the Ravens uh, and even the Giants somehow coming up in Pittsburgh in the final week. But the race for the AFC North all of a sudden just became a little bit more interesting with Washington's upset over the Steelers last night. Yeah, you're right. And, look, I'm the one that said last week I didn't think the Browns were going to the playoffs. And then they came out and did what I didn't think they could do. I mean, uh, testament to Cleveland. And I'm the first to fall on the sword and say, man, Kevin Stefanski had a game plan. And he went out and said, hey, you, I know the Titans think we're going to run the ball down their throats, but guess what? We know what they're terrible at, and we can attack it. And they did. And that was, man, that was special to watch. The game plan that was put together by Stefanski, I think, was incredibly impressive. And the way Baker played in that moment was so comfortable. And that's something we haven't necessarily seen. So I'm the first to admit that, obviously, I was, I was wrong about that. And, and now we see where we go. Look, the Steelers have been a bit of smoke and mirrors. We all know that this year, but they've still been undefeated. The most interesting thing is not only just the division, but remember that because of the change in the playoffs this year, only the top overall seed gets a bye. And that means that suddenly the Chiefs got really interested in all of this, too, because the Chiefs and the Steelers could both finish 15-1, and one, mm-hmm. and one of them has to play the first weekend. Like, that's, Crazy. that's significant. So kudos to the NFL because through all of this, they've made week 16-17 in the NFL really interesting where it wouldn't have been for some of those teams fight proceeding. So for the Steelers, they got to get it right. they got to get it right quickly. And it's a team that, you know, we can judge the outcome or we can judge the eye test, as I always say in college football. The eye test hasn't been favorable to Pittsburgh at times this year, but the outcome has. But that normalizes in the playoffs. They've got to get better as a team. And what we saw last night was sort of a continuation of inexcusable from them. Pittsburgh droppers is what I've been calling them lately. They've been dropping passes <laughs> left and right. But we got to talk about... wrong, like... That ball is slick. I mean, I don't know what they're doing. Two straight weeks, dropping passes all over the place. But kudos to the Washington football team. They put a ton of pressure on Big Ben with their front four. They dropped everybody in the coverage, took away those quick passes. It just was a good game plan by Washington and terrible execution by Pittsburgh. But we got to talk about your walk-off victory from your Raiders over the O and whatever Jets. On that zero coverage, what were you thinking when they brought the house? 
you know, there's two times that I use uh, the uh, the F word too many times, and it's positive and negative. The Damn it, Jason. Was, I told you it's a family I, I mean, show. I know. <laughs> well, fun. The word I'm talking about is fun. Yeah, exactly. So I said when, when Carr missed Aguilar for what would have been the wide open touchdown, I kept screaming, fun, 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 with a negative uh, tone. <laughs> and then when he hit Henry Ruggs, I kept screaming the same thing over and over with a positive tone. I look. It, this was an, uh, the biggest thing I can remind everybody of is, is that the bad teams, the worst of the worst, the historically bad teams, have bad players and bad coaches. And that's what we saw there. You know, for anybody that conspiracy theorizes the fact that Greg Williams was fired the next day, I think says a lot about that also as Orlovsky broke down. Uh, Williams has done that a lot in different situations in his career, in those exact same situations. It's brazen, and it worked on the Raiders a minute earlier in the game. I mean, the Raiders had fourth and goal and an opportunity to go ahead. And they did the same sort of cover zero thing, and it worked against Carr. So I understand a little of what they were going for. It just it made no sense. I mean, it's just it's a stupid play. I understand that it's part of what Greg Williams does, but man, it changed everything in the AFC because the Raiders still control their own destiny. They have games against the Dolphins and Colts left. Like they still have a very clear path to the playoffs, and that would not have been the case if the Jets had simply been conservative. So we always say, like, don't go into a pre-made defense. Don't be conservative. Well, every once in a while, it's smart for a reason. So it, it's, a, it's an epic fail for the Jets, and none of the coaches that are around in this tank job, as people say, will be around to coach Trevor Lawrence. So it's unfortunate <laughs> for the players on that team. But, man, I'll take a lucky win for once in my fandom life. All right, ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz from Spade and Fitz. Of course, you can catch it on 1410 ESPN Radio as well as Rankings Reaction tonight on, on your Twitter page. Of course, give everyone more information of where they could find you tonight following the reveal of the college football playoff rankings. Yeah, we'll be hanging out in the ESPN app and on Twitter. You can find us just hit at ESPN or find me at Jason Fitz uh, at 8 o'clock Eastern. That's when uh, Michael Luke Jr., Christine Williamson, and myself will break it all down, and we'll do everything from uh, – uh, ranking that to uh, to reacting to rankings to ranking something arbitrary and fun that we always do every week and it's my turn so God only knows it'll involve something either like a fat guy or food. That's I was say, <laughs> it's always foods. There you go. All right, <laughs> Jason, thank you so much and thank you for contributing to the non-family show today. So uh, you know that's what kind of day it's been. So we appreciate that. <laughs> I'm here to help. I'm here to help. Exactly. Thanks, Take care. Appreciate it. Later, man.